Quickly, faster. Spooks from the LGBT community. Queer by Reddit user Polonium Poisoning. Narrated by Quirpy Tasha and Rosalind Saville. I was only five years old when they first tried to put me inside one of those boring boxes. Hey, little one, are you a boy or a girl? No. My dad, a total hippie, gave me a neutral name. My mother was relatively fine with me being the way I was, but she always had that told-you-so smug on her face whenever someone misgendered me in front of her. I soon learned to be amused by others trying to guess what I was. You there, boy. I'm not a boy. You there, girl. I'm not a girl. I never allowed myself to be limited by others, and I didn't want to be told to always be tough or to hold back my hopes and dreams for the sake of others just because of that little piece of flesh I was born with between my tights. On the other hand, I envied the freedom men granted themselves. Always able to have it all. A career, someone to wait for them to come home, and seemingly endless fun and enjoyment at the expense of others. Despite the fragility bestowed upon them, I envied women too. Their ability to remain gentle, but rational, and to always be pretty even when they're not, thanks to some unexplained, almost holy inner force. I wanted to have both the perks and no downsides. I think I managed to. I turned up to be slender with delicate facial features, and people's confusion grew. Especially because I always made sure to be a teacher's pet, so I didn't have to use the commoner's toilet. I had the keys to the adult's bathroom, spacious and perpetually smelling of jasmine, with the mirrors always perfectly clean. When certain features of my body started to develop, I hid myself in fashionably large clothes. I knew they were undesirable and that they would reveal my true self. I expected to be bullied for it, but apparently my face was so beautiful and my personality so charming that instead people were crazy about me. Both boys and girls tried to get into my pants, if only to see what was there. I dated whoever I liked and was a generous lover, licking and sucking all the right places, but I never allowed anyone to touch me in my secret parts. They were more than you'd expect. With a neutral name and the right to check the other box when my gender was requested, I glided through life with no problems, making people more pleasantly intrigued by me than disgusted. But of course, there were a few exceptions. Dennis was the epitome of everything that was wrong with this world. A middle-aged white man in a poorly adjusted suit, who had a lowly office job but firmly believed to be part of the economic and genetic elite of America. He had three children, all obnoxious little brats and a wife who wore clothes so modest they were next to rags. Every time I saw her, she always asked him for permission before speaking. When I arrived at the office, coming from another branch, and as his manager despite being way younger than him, Dennis told me to grow my hair so I'd at least make myself useful by being a cute lesbian. He then had the nerve to try sending me to the nearby cafe to get people some coffee because the new hire has to know her place. I calmly explained that I was no female or new hire, and that he would be fired if he didn't show respect for his superiors. He then proceeded to insult me with every horrible word you can call a gay man. As a recently relocated branch manager, 
I didn't have enough authority to fire someone without consulting with my superiors. But since I recorded and reported every single verbal aggression from Dennis, it didn't take me more than a month to get rid of him. The few weeks before he was dealt with were hellish, and I considered just quitting the job and letting it go. I'll admit that the only thing that kept me from it was my pride. I'd lived 26 years refusing to allow strangers to give me shit because of what they thought I should be, and I wasn't about to lose that streak to a lowly life form like him. But it took all I had, as Dennis did everything he could to destroy me, from stealing documents from my desk to breaking into my car and leaving half a dead pig there. Still, I didn't consider doing then what I ended up doing. It was only after Dennis was fired that he made my life a living hell. I used to think that Dennis was a bitter man, and a bully. A pitifully retrograde man in a colourful new world that would never adjust again to his outdated beliefs. I never considered him dangerous. Not until the death threat started. He didn't try to hide himself, leaving notes and papers stained with blood on my doorstep and hanging by the corner of my street wearing a mask that was only just enough to let me know it was him, without being irrefutable proof when I went to the police. If people are giving you trouble, maybe you should stop being androgynous, kid. The words of the police officer, who completely brushed off all of my evidence, hurt me in a place I didn't know I could still be hurt. I felt again like the helpless five-year-old me who knew I would never fit in, but still didn't understand why. Abandoned by the law enforcement and daily getting notes about how he would never leave me alone, I waited for him to come and kill me. As expected from trash like him, Dennis shot me in the leg from a distance then took his time to toy with the helpless prey before tearing it apart. His mistake was trying to do it in my house. In my domain. My significant other, who was hidden behind the door, quickly disarmed Dennis and trapped him inside. I easily parried all of his close-range attacks with my hand, Surprising him with my physical strength. I'm done with you, Dennis. You're crazy. And evil. And a danger to others and yourself. I'm turning you into something useful. I effortlessly dragged him to the ice bathtub my partner so thoughtfully prepared. My wounded leg barely limping and threw him inside. While my significant other immobilized Dennis, I quickly drew a little blood from my arm and injected on his. He convulsed for no more than a minute before his body went still and his face blank, with saliva raining down his poorly sculpted chin and slot machine eyes rolling and rolling dementedly. Let me show you what awaits you. I started undressing. No one but the one I chose to marry had seen me this way. Not even my former boyfriends and girlfriends. No one would understand. But he would now. I turned my naked back to Dennis, showing the multiple rips in my back, each containing a triangular eye 
with irises of many different colors. I then showed him my front, my beautiful shoulders full of horns and nipples made of spiraling galaxies, purple and lost and endless. His only reaction was drooling more. I approached his now helpless and cold body and started by removing the unwanted part. The small piece of flesh attached to his loin, a laughable thing he was so proud of. I then started cutting him alive in two equal parts with the small dagger encrusted with gems my dad gave me as a wedding gift. He was now two halves of a person in perfect bilateral symmetry. I stepped back to appreciate the knife work, the first of many I'd perform. All that remained was to let him grow. What happens now? My significant other asked, offering me a cup of tea and starting to bandage my leg, although it had completely regenerated already. I didn't know from experience. As I said, Dennis was my first. But the knowledge had entered my mind the moment I was gifted my father's dagger, and I'd been sitting on it, trying to decide if I was brave enough to use my potential. In two weeks, he'll be two full-fledged people, and none of them will be Dennis. Their personality will be based on mine, and they will do whatever I say. But I'll just let them go live their lives. I don't want to enslave anyone. It's quite the opposite. I just want to take damaged people and make them free. And fabulous. Like me. I smiled. Great. Your mother will finally stop asking me when we'll have kids. Quirky pasta. Spooks from the LGBT community.